Good morning. It's good to be with you all this morning. It's good to get to sing some songs together and just remember who the Lord is in our lives. Let's pray together and we'll keep uh, enjoying this service. Father, thanks so much for this time. And Lord, I want to thank you for this day. Um, a beautiful fall Sunday morning at Sunshine Church of Christ. It's a good place to be. And Father, I want to thank you for all of my family here, friends, uh, loved ones, people that you have brought together as family, Father. And, and I'm just, uh, just so thankful for all the hearts and all the great relationships, Father, the, the things um, that you have brought into our lives. Um, this, this brought us cro- closer. Um, this made us stronger. Uh, that's helped us uh, or allowed you to develop love in us more for one another. Father, I thank you for the friendship that we share. And Father, I'm, I think also as we look around, it would be difficult to not see folks that we miss here this morning. And Father, I pray that you would press into our hearts uh, the will to encourage and share with them. Uh, we miss them. We love them. Uh, we, we, we like it when, when they're with us. But Father, we're thankful for right here, right now. We're very thankful for right here, right now. And I pray that you would help us all to stay in the moment. Help us to not race ahead to uh, dinner or supper or uh, even home groups tonight. But stay right here for a little while and allow you to make us stronger in you and allow you to remind us how very blessed we really are. We praise you, God, and we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Over the last few times I've been blessed to get to share here, I've been kind of going through, along with this idea of, of I started with a church um, that matters, a church that makes a difference, and then I share with you all a little bit about service that matters or service that makes a difference and so on. And today I want to talk with us, I want us to share a little bit together, though I'll be the one talking in our sharing, about a, a worship that matters or worship that makes a difference. And uh, you can, I know we already are going places with this. We, we love worship. Worship is very meaningful to us. And so as we think about that kind of, those kind of thoughts, I want you to just kind of stay with me, but let your minds drift a little bit. What does worship mean to you? What, what would it be like if we were there in that place that really, really matters? I remember a few years ago being at the Tulsa workshop, and it was an, an, um, an interestingly... Um, a uh, powerful Friday night. And the worship was really good. We're not that, that's a really weird thing to say. The worship was good. We, we were enjoying the worship, and everybody was just really sharing and singing, and, and the lesson was taught, and the lesson was encouraging. And then at the invitation, several people went forward, and uh, some, you know, asked for prayers for their home church, asked for prayers for struggles, but several were baptized. And um, as Marvin was reading the baptisms, and uh, they started to share a song as everybody was getting ready for bab- the baptisms. They're singing a song while they're getting ready, and more people came forward and wanted to respond and wanted to be baptized. And so Marvin starts reading those, and more people came forward. And he said, don't you guys have anything better to do on a Friday night than worship God? <laughs> Laughing, of course, and just really a jovial fellow. So, so as that happens... We begin, he reads the next baptisms off, and they're, they're getting ready, so we're singing more songs and singing another song, and then there's another song, and then more people come down, and Marvin says, don't you have anything better to do than baptize people all night long? And, and I'm sitting in this time of worship, and the worship is doing what it's supposed to do. It's a wonderful time of worship, but it's doing what it's supposed to do, 
It's, it's rejuvenating people. It's waking us up. It's reminding us of what life is really, really about. And, and we're not having to remind ourselves, I probably ought to sing here. It's, it's not a cultural issue. It's not a societal issue. It's not even a comfort issue, which it is for most of us in a place like this. It's all right to worship outside somewhere. Warm, but when I get near you, all of a sudden I get a little tight, and this is a little awkward, and I don't sing on keys. But nobody's struggling with that, or not that I can see, and I'm... I'm I'm a noticer of things. I'm watching, and I'm having a blast. I'm having a blast watching people having a blast. But don't you have anything better to do than worship all night long on a Friday night? Don't you have anything better to do than baptize people all night? It was just funny. And people kept coming down, and, and, and really a wonderful response. And, and I met some of those folks. We've encouraged some of those folks. It was a wonderful, it was a wonderful time. I remember a time in worship... One of, my, one of my favorite times as well, uh, back in January on a, on a Wednesday night, we were talking here about, I just asked the question, what your favorite, what's your favorite time of worship? When, when was it? What, what was that place? Or, or where would you like to go every time? What was that place you'd like to get to in worship? And um, one of mine we, is in, was in Honduras. Um, and I mentioned this then. We were, we were leaving on a, on a Sunday morning from Via Gracia to go to worship. Uh, at Mateo, the Church of Christ there. And when we got there, the church was closed, <laughs> oddly enough. Um, it, 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 they, they had gone into Baxter, into the city, into Gusagalpa for seminara, as they call it. All the churches meet together uh, at the seminar because they all want to be there and encourage one another. And a lot of the students who have graduated from Baxter are out preaching at these churches, so all the churches just go in there. They don't leave a sign on the door or nothing. <laughs> And all of us from Southern Ohio still made our way to worship that day. It couldn't stop us. We got to um, Mateo, and we realized, hmm, Seminara. So I called Amber and said, hey, um, they're in Seminar. She said, yep. I said, well, we're just going to go down to the bridge. And so we went down to, there's a little river there, um, just about a quarter mile from, about a tenth of a mile from the church. And we just went down to the bridge, and I just kind of mentioned a thought of Scripture and I said, I want you guys to just kind of meditate on this for a while. And we're looking down the river this way, and, and, and the mountains are just beautiful. And you look down the river the other way, and, and the mountains are beautiful, and there are women doing laundry on rocks in the creek, and husbands are swimming, taking their baths, and, and, and doing, helping do laundry in the creek. And man, it was good work. Wasn't it good worship? I mean, we were, we were talking so honestly about our lives and about what God was doing with the scripture we had discussed. And, and then we got on the bus about an hour. Nobody was in a rush to go anywhere. And we got on the bus. We sang along all the way back to, uh, to get some lunch and just had a blast. Had a great time because you couldn't stop worship. You can close the place. <laughs> you can close it down. But people want to worship. They're going to do it. You won't be able to stop them. It'll be okay. And then there was this one time in Nebraska. I was on a mission trip with, um, with a youth group when I was, I don't know if it was late high school, early college. We went to Nebraska. Uh, and we worked. So I was, I'm not sure if the, if the, the, the guy at the church there was make, had it, called it a um, mission trip and we just did a bunch of work for him or if we were really doing a mission trip. But we, I'm kidding. But we did a lot of work. We hosted a, a VBS in the morning. And then we had a, a, what you would call a, a, a seminar at night. So we had two services every day for a week. And man, we were 
knocking doors and inviting kids to uh, VBS and inviting people to church that night and just trying to get the name of the church out to people. But it was like 100 degrees. So getting up early and doing all that and then, and then all day long and then going back that night and it was, I was pretty tired. And um, I remember sitting in the worship that night and I'm sure people were worshiping, but I was struggling. <laughs> I couldn't hardly stay awake. And these words were what woke me up during the sermon. Jamie, you're drooling down your shirt. That was the speaker, by the way, to let me know that from the pulpit. Jamie, you're drooling down your shirt. I'm like, what do you expect, man? I'm so embarrassed. I don't know what to think. I'm like, oh, man. And, and I was really drooling down my shirt. I mean, it was, some pretty, it was a pretty nice job. I was out. Jamie's gone bye-bye. I, was re- I mean, we were all tired. But we had a blast, okay? But I can not tell you the other stories and not tell you that one. That was just bad, really bad. I'm, I'm, it's not that it's marked me, really, but, I, but I'm still kind of mad at him about it. Anyway, I'm kidding. I'm not mad. Worship, um, it's, very, uh, it's an interesting thing when you really wrestle with what it would be like or what it means to us. You can think about all the times that you think you've gotten there, as we would say it, or you want to be there, or what it really means to you, but, but the difficulty is, is really like being able to hang on to it and really understand it. Here are some, here are some ideas um, of what worship, if we would want to narrow it down or tie it down. In, in, the, in the Greek, one of the, translate, one of the words is translated, proskuneo. It means to kiss toward or kiss the hand of. Um, it's, it's the honor of reverencing someone. Um, another, another definition would be to ascribe great worth or value. Webster says to honor or reverence as a divine being or supernatural power, to regard with great or ex- extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. That's really cool to know that, but you already know that, don't you? It's really cool to hear those definitions, and though if I said, what, do you, what does worship mean to you? You may not be able to drop a Greek or Hebrew word on me, and you may not be able to say it exactly, but you're like, I, I mean, I know, but I, I mean, it's just a little hard to explain, but I'm trying to tell God that I love him, and, and, but, it's, but it's more than that. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, you know what I mean. We know what we're talking about when we begin to talk or speak about worship. And so then the question would be this. That's really cool. I like that definition. I like that thought. But why am I here? Why would it really matter that I worship God? What's this call? I mean, Aaron, I'm, Aaron, great job, by the way. Song leader, worship leader. Were we just going through an experiment? Were you just trying to see if we'd sing along with whatever you threw out here? Or are you intentionally like trying to do something here. It's interesting, isn't it? I think we like this one. I think we like this one. I wonder if they'll sing this one and jump through the hoops as we go. Is that really all this is to us? I just got to put in time here, man. When this is over, God will be pleased with me, and then I'll move on. I know this song. I know these words without even thinking. I'm telling you, I know songs from my brother's I know words to my brother's rock music that you do not want me to quote here, and I never intentionally listened to them in my life. You know the ritual of going through the motions and never really connecting. So why are we doing this? Why would it even matter? Why would my soul ever get ramped up enough to actually connect in a song? 
How about Paul to the Areopagus in Athens? Acts chapter 17. Just let these words wash over you for a moment as I read. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek after him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far away from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. I mean, that's... It's kind of fun to read about God like that. It, it makes him start seeming kind of, kind of cool to me, like some of the other things I worship. I mean, he, gets, he starts ranking up there kind of high, like uh, some of the other things that I worship. It's like he's almost socially acceptable to me because it's like God's pretty cool. I could, maybe I could do this. Another definition. Whatever, you, uh, whatever or whomever you give your time your life, effort, or energy toward. That'd be a good definition of worship, wouldn't it? Think on this again. Whatever or whomever you give your time, your life, your energy, your effort towards. Whatever you're spending your life on, there's some worship in that, and I, and I think we can back that up here. But let's, how about this one? How many times? I, I really don't want to have to confess this one. How, how many times have I just kind of bowed at the throne of money? I mean, money has become my God. Now, now I'm not saying that I'm yay, yay, yay cheering it. Well, I mean, I did get paid. <laughs> I get paid, I'm like, yay, yay, yay cheering it. Sometimes it's a grind, right? But I'm spending my time and my, my effort and my energy, right? How about Sports. Man, I love Le'Veon Bell scoring with no time left on the clock Monday night. Right, Mark? That's big stuff. I, was, I was a difficult, had difficulty not worshiping at the, at the throne there of last-minute touchdowns for the Pittsburgh Steelers. By the way, if you're not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, your team to me is like a big, sick, nasty spider. I don't like them. <laughs> we like the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? But they scored no time left on the clock, man, and I was like, yeah, uh, and I'm sleepy. I'm getting up the next day, I got stuff to do, but I'm, I stayed up late and just kind of really gave it a lot of energy. And last night, I mean, who, I'm thinking about Michigan State fans. I mean, you saw them beat Michigan. And I mean, they did not lead, Aaron Keller and I were talking about this, they never led the whole game and still won. How's that possible? They never led the whole game, not a second in the game, and they still won the game. That's crazy. There's some Michigan State fans. How about retail and retail therapy? And worshiping before that, had difficulty with that before. How about fear and anxiety? Whatever you give control to, whatever you give your time and energy and life to, how about control? How about hanging on? I'm going to run this thing. I'm going to, maybe that would be more just worshiping at your own throne or lust or any other struggle that we go through. I mean, we worship, don't we? And, and so as we battle with this, as I, as I think about God and what Paul just says to the Areopagus, I'm thinking, man, I could, he fits. I mean, he's pretty cool. 
He fits, I mean, he's, he could get some celebrity status here. I, I, we worship celebrities, right? I mean, we battle with this stuff. But when I wrestle with God and I think about him, man, he begins to rise so far above all of these. And that's the call to worship and honor him. As long as we allow him to just take a space beside them or with them, we don't, we don't, we don't really pick up or listen to all that he's talking about. And all that he's trying to do in us and for us and through us. But when we allow him to start rising above the rubble, and it's not really that he would start rising above it. He is far above it. When we don't keep bringing his image down in our own eyes, man, worship is a natural response. I mean, Scripture tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you want to fire yourself up to get some worship going in your heart and, and, and a song going in your soul, start thinking about things like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and how about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were cast in a fiery furnace, and, he, and they came out, and their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. How about David, a guy so inspired by God that when, when, when Goliath defies the armies of the living God, his thought is he's just got to die. I mean, and, and, and when, what about the armor and everything? No, God will take care of me. He's He's helped me with the line. He helped me with the bear. I mean, he is, God is so worthy of everything we do. And the way he provided for the children of Israel, he's so disappointed, so let down by them not being willing to go into the promised land that for 40 years he tells them they're going to wander in the desert, yet he feeds them and their shoes don't even wear out. I mean, he's, he's taking care of them even in their punishment, right? I mean, who does that? Who does that kind of stuff? But he's always providing, always loving, always taking care. And whenever, we, whenever it starts to come to us that we are so far from him and we're, and we're so distant from him, how am I ever going to get right with him? He says, I took care of that also. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus was slain. And we start finding out that blood of bulls and goats couldn't, but it took the righteous one, the perfect one, the, 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 the great one from heaven coming and living that life. And he did it. And you didn't even talk him into it. You didn't even know you needed it. You weren't trying to persuade him what, God, what a great catch you were. <laughs> he just did it. He, he died on the cross for you for his love for you. He came and lived the life, sinless life, so, the, so he could identify with you. Then he died on the cross. He rose from the dead to, yes, to, to, to give emphasis to, see I, what I said on the cross I did, but also to defeat death. And then he went to the right hand of God where he's, interceding for you. I understand what it's like to be Evan, God. I've been there. I've lived that. I've, I've been tempted in every way you know it. I've, I've, I've seen what they see. I've, I've been where they've been. That is so incredible. And then he tells us things like, I'll never leave you or forsake you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? And he goes on and on. And he tells us things like in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. And when I start thinking about these things, it's a natural thing to start worshiping. I mean, it's really natural to start worshiping. The problem is I don't think on them enough. I mean, there's a ball game on. Come on. And Le'Veon Bell? Seriously? My clothes are getting kind of old. I see my new truck. And, 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 and so all these things, these thrones that I run to, I race to and bow down. So, and, and let me say this. It's also possible to worship 
church and your spouse and your kids, your grandkids, aunts and uncles. Worship them instead of him. And that's the difficulty. None of this stuff is bad stuff. Football's cool. It's fine. Having clothes is nice. Having a vehicle to drive is it's great. Kids, wives, how good is that? The problem is, who has the main throne? No, who has the only throne? You've got to be careful there. Who has the only throne? They don't get the throne. God gets the throne. And whenever we see him like that, that's how we respond. The difficulty is, is that we start thinking differently. And sometimes we even come here and start thinking things like, ah, I don't know, man. Kind of like this. You know we have a whole genre of music now labeled worship and music? Isn't that kind of funny? Did you get the new worship CD? It's not a worship CD. I don't think you can worship. How about that new worship song? Does singing a song that's labeled worship really mean we actually worshiped? The deal with churches, and the man, I've listened to this forever, and you have too. We have friends. They go to churches. And we wrestle with, I like this song. No, I like that song. And I can't get there if I don't hear this song. Oh, that song just takes me places. And that one song, I remember my grandma, and the other song, I remember my dad. Listen, I can hear my dad today singing, leading, what a friend we have in Jesus. I can hear it. I know the words he messes up. <laughs> he always, there's a rhythm to that song, and he would get the, he would get the, 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 the way that the second uh, part of the song, he would mix them up. He would be singing the verse to the chorus, and the chorus to the verse, you, you know, every now and then you just kind of get off on that, and you're like... Oh, boy, this song might go on forever. I love my dad, man. Can't get there if I don't hear that song. So doing what I like and what feels comfortable to me is worship, if that's the case with us. We've got to think for a minute, okay, here. I kind of switched the gear for just a moment. We need to hear this about worship songs and worship stuff. If I don't hear that song, if we don't sing that way, then I can't get there. Is that worship for me really then? Because it sounds like the same argument that the world uses when they want to do what they want to do and they don't get their way. Somewhere along the line, it has to mean so much more. Somewhere, worship has to mean so much more than just a song. It has to be, mean so much more than just a place. That's probably one of Satan's greatest tools for us. If you, I want to make a, a reference to the screw tape letters here in prayer, but I, I can't go there for very long. So I'm just going to say this. If it's all about time and place, it's going to, you can rest assured that you're not going to get to that time and place very well. Worship is something. It has to mean something so much more than that. There's a, there's a, there's a place in Second Chronicles, chapter 20, Jehoshaphat, is, um, he finds out that the armies of, or the Ammonites, the... the um, Moabites and Mount Seir, they're coming down to crush them. And Jehoshaphat goes to the temple, calls everyone to the temple, and he tells God, he's like, hey, you told us to come here. If we ever ran into trouble or hardship, we just came here, we called out your name, you would rescue. And God sends word. And he said, you don't have to fight this fight, just be ready. Paraphrase, by the way, Second Chronicles 20, you can go read it. It's a great story. But this is what happens the next morning. They, they put the... Uh, 
priests and the Levites in front. Okay, we've talked about this before. We've, this is one of our passages we love. It's, it's like see, having the, when we've got big farmers out there and you just have the chorus go to battle. You know, you guys go sing to them while they want to kill you. It doesn't work well. But they put those guys in the front and they're th- singing this song. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. They're singing to God. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And the scripture says as they sang, God set up ambushes against their enemies. Paul and Silas are in prison. Remember this? Paul cast the, the spirit out of the, the, for, the, the, the girl who was foretelling things. You know, these men are servants of the Most High God. Acts 16. These men are servants of the Most High God. These men are servants of the Most High God. And Paul gets tired of it and he casts it. And then they get thrown in jail. And, well, they're beaten severely and thrown in jail. And the scripture says that at midnight, around midnight, they're singing and praying talking, sharing, and the Lord sends an earthquake and opens the gates, or opens the cells. The jailer's going to kill himself. Paul says, we're all here. And because of of all of the response, because of their heart to worship, man, the people are saved. Worship is more than, it's more than just a song. It's got to be so much deeper than just a song. And I think that's why we grab John 4 so well. Jesus is with the Samaritan woman, and she's battling with who she is, battling with who he is. He's trying to, trying to encourage her and challenge her and call her out, and, and he makes reference to her past. And when he makes reference to her past, she sa- he says to her, he says, she says, Sir, the woman said, I can see, this is John four nineteen. I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from, from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Matthew, if you would hit that. For they are the kind of worshipers... The Father seeks. God is a spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah uh, called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus declared to her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. And so up front, we're talking about worship. Um, I'll share with you some different opportunities I had in worship, even the drooling down the chin thing. And then the battle that we have in worshiping everyday life. And why would we worship God anyway? And as we throw out all these different wonderful things about him, and very rapid, I mean, it doesn't talk long, take long to get pretty riled up in, in Jesus. God is amazing. Well, the battle then comes down to, then why am I not? And what is it about? Is it a song? Is it a song on the radio? Yeah, but I like... I like to drive down the road and look at the leaves, and I like for God to hear my heart. <laughs> but I like the specific song, and I like it when we sing it this way, and, and I like uh, this type of music, and I love a cappella. Well, what does God hear? And what really matters? When we talk about worship and, and the honor of God, proskuneo, the kiss toward, 
The idea of offering great worth, ascribing great worth to someone, someone so valuable to us that that's where our time and our effort and our energy and focus and everything goes to. What matters? How do some come here and they sing songs that Aaron or Sean or Nick or someone leads and they leave and they're so excited and, and others leave going, I, did we take communion today? Because I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. And I hate for us to raise our hands on that one because we've all been there. What's the difference, man? And it's here. This is one of the, this is one of the places that Jesus presses us. This is worship. What is worship? Worship is when your spirit honestly connects with God's spirit. That's his call to us. Every one. Man, I know some of us aren't singers. I don't know that it's about the words. It's really not about the tune. It's not about four-part or, or um, what's the other word when we all sing together? Um, what's that? Unison. Yeah, see? There you go. It's not, I don't know it's about either one. It's about a heart lifted up to God in spirit and in truth. That's what it's really about. And man, when you just sit every day and you start thinking... Just walk outside. If you can walk outside and look at the fall blowing up everywhere in southern Ohio and you don't get a little bit stirred up about God, man, it's, that's pretty exciting out there. I'm a little weird, but hey, we, got, we already knew that. A little bit deeper here. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... Just chill on that one for a moment. I was sharing with this verse with uh, Illuminate on Thursday night. We we're talking about, tell me about mercy and how God has had mercy on you. What you think of when you think about mercy. And man, that would be, uh, we, we could share all day long about mercy, couldn't we? In view of God's mercy, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world any longer. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Thank you, Matthew. Therefore, this is what Paul says. He's, he's wrestling with the past. He's wrestling with something he's, he's looking back at. He says, therefore, in view of God's mercy, he's talking about what God has done and who he's been in their lives. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. We know what a sacrifice is, right? Dead and gone. Offered up on the fire or you give something up not to take it back. It's a real sacrifice today eating that cake for you. No. Now, sacrifice is something you give up. It's not yours anymore. Offer your bodies as living, living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Your body, gone. Given away to God. Living sacrifice, not, a, not, not Old Testament stuff. Living, you're alive and well. You're still alive, but your body is offered to God. And then it says, this is your spiritual act of worship. I wrestle a lot before Sunday morning. Interesting, Sunday mornings before I would have opportunity to lead worship... But also Sunday mornings before I would happen to speak. I'd like for it to be every Sunday morning, but those Sunday mornings I specifically feel 
how distant or how close I've been to God all week, right? Those Sunday mornings specifically, I know the distance between me and God all week. Because there's a, there's a, a need and a, and a reality that we should all show up here so full of God that overflow encourages one another. The trouble is, is that we often show up so beaten up and destroyed by the world because of our distance from God that we need each other to just fill our cups a little bit to try to get us home this afternoon. But man, God shows up every day. He shows up looking for you to bless you. He's going, hey, remember those stories you read about? I'm still doing that stuff. Hey, remember all those cool things you've seen? I'm still him. I'm still doing that, that thing in people's lives. If you would just listen, I would do it. And my, my distance from him shows on my face, shows in my heart, shows in everything that you see about me. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Le'Veon Bell, you go football. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And listen to this one. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is for you. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You're struggling with closeness to God, struggling with what God wants you to do in your life, struggling with, I just don't feel like I belong anywhere. Snuggle up close to God. Remember the great stories. Remind yourself of all he's done for you alone and start to worship. It's not a song at sunshine. It is, but it's so much more than that. It's how you treat your wife. It's how you treat your kids. It's how you treat the lady at the grocery store. It's how you spend your time. What you do, worship is a way of life. Offer your body as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. There's no church building that wouldn't be full if people got that close to God. It wouldn't be, a, everybody would want to be worship leaders if everybody got that close to God because everybody want to be up front here in the thunder, you know? But your neighbors, they want to know someone that close to God because they want to know he's that real so they could give their lives to him too. Worship is a way of life. And God is the only one worthy of our worship. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for all the great hearts here. And Father, I'm, man, I'm, I'm, uh, you are so worthy of everything from us. But you're worthy of our best for sure. And Father, um, I, I, you know, this is, uh, this is me. I'm uh, certainly not. Um, words sometimes are so betraying. I'm saying you, 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 and then it's me, 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 me. And I just pray that you would encourage everyone here how great you are and how, how flawed and and messy I am, that I don't have this worship thing together either. But Father, we're, uh, because of you, uh, going to move closer in it and, and allow you to help us do so much better with it. We really need you uh, rising above the, the yuck and the muck and the everyday stuff, God, because you're the only one uh, to be worthy, or you're the only one who's worthy of our life, but, you're the, but being close to you, Father, really, really, really sets our lives right. Draw us near. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
One last thought. Imagine this. Um, a relationship with God that sets him in his proper place and sets you and everything else in its proper place. Man, that would be a healing, blessed life. If you need to respond in any way, there'll be an elder on either side of the auditorium. You can respond. You can turn uh, to them, and they will pray for you and encourage you. If you're not a child of God, they'll be glad to immerse you. And